Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of the world's greatest podcast. That's the way the cookie crumbles. We're back, full house, new year, new us, me, Stan and Jim, all on the first cookie pod of 2022. Welcome back, guys. (laughs) Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Did we when did we start this in 2018 or 2019? Was it? I think it was 2018. Yeah, was, 2018. Wow. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> four years. Going into our fourth year of uh, of podding. Season four. Season four. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Jim, you've been on the front line, but you've also been at Death Store. How are you feeling? You know what? I actually did feel like shit, <laughs> which isn't good. He's had but, COVID to anybody. Oh, yeah. He doesn't know. Price, read again, between the lines. I think everyone's going nowadays. Um, yeah, it's rife. It's rife. Stay safe out there, people. No good. But we're free now. We're free now. We're back. We're back podding. If this was a week we're ago, back. I'd be shivering in my duvet, fucking blurring all over my... Is that, is that an innuendo, that shivering in your duvet? No comment. <laughs> is, that, is it like wanking with Johnny on, having a posh it? <laughs> <laughs> shivering in my duvet. Yeah. But no, yeah, let's actually talk about some football because that's actually been happening of late. Just to give the listeners a bit of a rundown, there's going to be no games today. It's almost like a bit of a catch-up pod. We're going to give my Stan and Jim's individual team of the season so far. We're going to compare and contrast those. We're going to discuss, is the title race over? Lukaku and Thomas Tuchel's beef at the moment. Trippier, maybe to the northeast, And Dennis's AFCON controversy. But we'll start with the team of the seasons so far. Well, we'll have, we'll have to, you've got a different, I think me and Jim yeah, are both 4 3 yeah. 3 and you're 3 4 3 or something like that. So we'll figure it out. 3 5 2, have some respect. You had, to, you had to do that for uh, for Conte and Tuchel. It wouldn't be a, a Chelsea fan without doing Gar that. Gar Crooks for me. Um, we all have the same keeper, which is Aaron Ramsdale. Got a lot of stick. Maybe not a lot of stick, but there was a lot of question marks when Arsenal signed him for what was about 30 odd million, wasn't there? Especially when they already had. Leno uh, and Ramsdale had gone down twice consecutive seasons with uh, Sheffield and who was the other one? Bournemouth. Bournemouth before that, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but he's done really well. I do think he's a little bit overrated with some of the saves he makes. He does like a camera save, but um, definitely improved the Arsenal back four. And uh, he's, he's, although they are camera saves, he's made some incredible saves and had some brilliant individual performances. So I think I can't really look past. Past him for the first team of the season so far? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've begrudgingly picked him. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan. I think he's overrated. I think the standard of goalkeeping has been pretty poor overall this year. I think that's fair to say. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, with the usuals, like obviously Alisson, Edison, Mendy, all have been mistake-prone, you could say, at times this season, maybe a bit rash, but yeah, Ramsdale... Halfway at this yeah. point, I didn't really want to pick him. Shout out to Jose Sarr, the Wolves keeper as well, who's also been quite impressive this year. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, like you say, Alison Edison, Mendy. I don't think, I think they've all been good. I'm not saying yeah. that they've been bad, but they've not. I don't think any of them have been near their levels, which you know, and it says a lot that not one of them is in any of our uh, team of the season, and it's January already. It kind of shows that they've just not been at it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Jim, were you the same as well? Yeah, I like him as a character a lot. I think he's. He's quite enjoyable. How he, he likes to take stick off fans. They give it a bit back. I've yeah. seen him on a Ben Foster's podcast. And he seems like a nice lad. Um, but yeah, I, I put him in basically basically what you said. Yeah, uh, no one expected anything for him. He didn't seem like a good signing, and 
I think he's got the second most clean sheets in the league past before Edison, but he obviously has to make a lot more saves than Edison does. <laughs> Um, and then once we go into the back four, I think we've all got, I know we've got different formations, but we've all got the same four defenders, ultimately. Um, I think we could we could talk about them, but I'm just, I'll just t- tell the listeners, Trent, obviously, Cancelo, obviously. Um, we've all gone Rudiger, really good year, looks like he could be off though to Madrid, which will be a big loss. And we've all gone Diaz, and I'm guessing he's just gone over Van Dijk. Um, I think that's the, that one position is, Maybe the one you'd argue about because Diaz and Van Dijk have still been excellent, but for their levels, um, they haven't. I don't know. There hasn't been that like kind of. They haven't stood out as much as they have done in previous years, but still, I don't think I can see a centre back um, better than one of them two. But I've gone Diaz, and we all have as well. I think the back four pretty much picks itself. I think those people will be picking that. Maybe Laporte would get into some. Maybe Van Dyke would get into some. I, I, I don't really know. I'm sure some Arsenal fans would try and put Gabriel or Ben White in there as well, but uh, we're not having it. Um, so, yeah, we've all gone for those four defenders, haven't we, Cut? Just confirming there. I have. You have? Yeah, I mean, I, I have. But like I said, with with the, my three at the back system, I've got wing backs as opposed to... Like in my back three, I've got Rudiger, Diaz, and Cancelo playing at right centre back. I think he could do a job there, to be fair. He's a Gucci baller and he's pretty versatile. And then right wing back Trent, which I think is ultimately is probably his best position. And then I've gone for a bit of a wild card, my Gareth Crooks pick, a guy who I didn't know existed until today um, <laughs> <laughs> with the WhatsApp. But uh, I've actually gone for Jared Bowen as my left wing back. So. The reason why I've gone for Bowen is mainly because I think, one, he's had a really good season. Two, I think he's improved as a footballer. And for the top of my head, I think it's only Salah and somebody else has more assists than him in the league this season. I think he's on seven in that West Ham team. I just think he's a good player. And I think he will move to a bigger side at some point, maybe like a Tottenham or a Liverpool. I could, I can definitely see him making a jump in the next 18 months, two years. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Yeah, good player. Uh, left field as well, if you pardon the pun with him being at left wing back. But uh, yeah. me and Jim have got, I think, well, I have anyway, I've got two West Ham players in there. Not, neither of them are Jared Bowen. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do like him. He's a good player. Um, I, I, I kind of struggled when I made this team. I don't think I could really argue too much with him being in there. Um, so we'll see who me and Jim have gone for <laughs> over him anyway. So Jim, do you want to do your midfield three and I'll do mine? Yeah, well, I'd... Um, gone in the midfield I've gone Declan Rice um, sticking with the West Ham players he's been excellent one of the only players post Euros to carry on that form if not improve it I think he's come on as a player the way he drives the ball now I won't be surprised to see him go for 100 million pretty soon I've um, gone with Conor Gallagher we spoke a lot about him on the podcast another young lad he could be in the England self soon I think he's been amazing can't look past him um, and I've gone for Rodri um, at City he obviously scored the winner on the weekend and there are a few big moments in this season. I just think he's come on leaps and bounds. I think it's one of them players where you don't necessarily notice him, but if you was to watch a game and watch Rodri, you would notice that he does a lot of things right. And I think since the end of the season, he's probably been our best player. And I would say definitely most important. Um, the one that you can't take out that midfield. So yeah, that's my midfield three. Yeah, so mine, sticking with West Ham as well. I've got Declan Rice in there. Uh, Connor Gallagher's in there as well I'd be surprised if he's not made cooks if those two aren't in cooks as well 
Uh, and then my third player is another City player, but it's not Rodri, who, who has been good, but just misses out for me for Bernardo Silva, who I think is, considering 18 months ago, two years ago, uh, there was rumours he was going to go to Atletico Madrid for 30 million. Uh, City kept hold of him and now he's probably been, well, he, he has been one of the best, definitely 11 players in the league, in my opinion, anyway, because he's made my team of the season so far. I think he's been really good for City in key moments, you know, key assists, key goals, and, and you know, scored a brilliant goal, was it, away at Villa as well. Um, so, yeah, Bernardo's going to make it for me. He's one of those players where, I know Neville always talks about it, particularly with United, where United have great players, but they don't try hard. And I always think with City, they have great players, but they fucking work really hard. And I think Bernardo's probably the hardest work, one of the hardest working players in the league, and that's including defensive midfielders and fullbacks into that as well. He doesn't stop running, so uh, he's definitely going to make mine just for the effect that he's had in, in terms of pushing City further away from the pack like he has done. Cook, your two, please. Uh, I've got a three. I've got a three. Oh, got a three. oh of course. Yeah, three, yeah. five, two. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I've got a three. Uh, I've gone for, again, Bernardo Silva. He's manager's dream. Stan's already said all that needs to be said about Bernardo. Uh, I've gone for Rice at the base. Again, Jim said all that needs to be said about Rice and how much he's improved. And then Gallagher, a player very close to my heart. Hard. I, I didn't want to put him in in case people thought I thought he, I was being a little bit biased, but I just think for his impact on the team, that Crystal Palace team with Patrick Vieira at the helm, who's not really an experienced manager anyway, I think he's done really well. So yeah, that's yeah. my three. So me and you have gone the same there. Uh, Jim's Jim's got Rodri instead of Bernardo. So Cook, stick with you, front two, please. Uh, yeah, I've gone for... <clears throat> uh, I've, well, I've gone for Mo Salah. I mean, that one picks itself. Uh, probably still the best player in the world at the moment, probably. Uh, and then, yeah, he, he, his numbers are a joke. I, I was listening to an interview, I think it was James Madison who was talking about him the other day, and he was saying, like, his numbers are just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then I've gone for the man of the moment, uh, Watford's own, is it Emmanuel Dennis? Hmm. Um, yeah. I forgot his first name, to be fair. But yeah, he's been really well this season. I think it's eight goals for him. Let me just double check. I think it's eight goals it's in only, 17. If, if, yeah, if you put if you put goals and assists together, only Salah's got more than him, which is pretty impressive considering Watford have been yeah. 15th, 16th, 17th pretty much all season. So, Yeah, he's got eight goals, away. five assists in 17 games. So he's got 13 goal involvements in 17 games. So I've gone go. for Mo Salah and Emmanuel Dennis to finish off my team this season so far. Right, well, mine's the same. Two of those, like you say, Salah, definitely the best player in the league. I can't really talk too much about in the world, really, because I know some would say Lewandowski or maybe Messi if you work for UEFA or FIFA. Um, <clears throat> Emmanuel Dennis makes mine as well. I think, I think you know, the amount of times Watford score and you look and it's at, he's either scored or assisted is, is, is a joke, really. So, uh, so important to them. And if they have any chance of staying up, um, he's got to play for them, which, you know, we'll talk about a little later. So uh, stick around for that one. Uh, and my last guy, another West Ham, I did say add two, has got to be Mikel Antonio, who I think has also got eight, five, eight, fives, eight goals and five assists, similar to Dennis, but I think he started a few less games. So really important to West Ham being up there in those European positions, especially because he's their only striker as well. So he's my striker in this team of the season. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I, I have omitted Dennis. I, mean, I wasn't allowed to actually kick him. Watford wouldn't let him go from the team. And I have got, I know we've all got Bernardo in there, but I've just, I've moved him out and put him in the front three to make room for 
one midfielders. Um, I think he's versatile, Jim. Yeah, he, he plays there a lot, <laughs> see, and he's he's tireless. Um, Salah, of course, um, and I've also gone for Michael Antonio for the way he started the season as his goals and assists and amazing, and even in the patch where he might have fell off the um, the goal scoring, I still think he's so important to West Ham. I mean, he plays up there on his own a lot, especially against the bigger sides when he dropped deep. And he's just an absolute. He's a he's a weapon. He's a threat, and he's he's a one man counter attack. He can hold it up, and you're starting to see a bit more reward of assists and goals lately as well. So I just and, and the way he stayed fit too, he's been really impressive because he's one of them players who's due an injury um, at one point every season, and he's we've not had that yet. And especially with Europa League football, um, we thought that might be coming, especially because they have no real depth for that team. So that could yes. be a weakness, but I, I just think he's carried him. Fair, yeah, I mean, fair play to Moyes with that as well, because I think he's managed him very well. Like I say, I think he's played a few less than Dennis. He's not played in the Europa League when they haven't needed. He didn't play in the League Cup against us. Uh, I'm not sure if he played against City, but, you know, he seems to be keeping him fresh for those league games, which going off his, his numbers so far this season, West Ham's position in the league <clears throat> is working. So we'll go into the players that, um, well, we've not all got, should we say. I've... Every single person I've chosen, either you or well, Cook or Jim has had, which is a bit boring. I'm a little bit a uh, little bit of a noob in that sense, obviously, copying off yours to his homeworks. Uh, but Cook, you've got Bowen, which neither me or Jim have got, and Jim's got Rodri, which um, neither me or Cook has got. So, uh, is there anybody um, who no one has picked? Is there anyone no one has picked that you can pick? Yeah, well, yeah, do that. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. Not just quite make the team because we have all got. I think it's one of them that picked itself this year in Furness. It's not like there's a lot of positions. There's at least seven or eight of them where you, it's just clear, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the defenders start, especially. Yeah. And I, I, I can start us off. I think, um, I think Diego, Diego Jota, Liverpool, um, maybe very unlucky not to be in that front line. Um, done very well for Liverpool stepping in. Um, when Firmino hasn't been there, he's been a bit injured this season. And his he's goal involvements are ridiculous. I, I don't have the numbers, but He's done very well. Goals, assists. He seems to be one of them players weirdly where he misses a lot of chances too. So he could be a lot, a lot more, but he is making them um, and yeah. getting in the right positions. But Se- anything second on, top any- scorer in the league, yes. Well, there you go. And anything on his head, uh, it's a goal. I'm, it's really impressive about a player like not that tall. Like, it seems to be the case for the whole Liverpool team. Maybe they train it. Maybe they're the only team in the league that trains headers because it seems like train a lot neck, of people. Bro. Yeah, but Mane, Salah and Jota are good in the air, but not at all. But Jota is just deadly um, on the crosses, so it would be my choice. See, I was struggling. I mean, I was struggling <laughs> to pick fucking 11 players. Jota was one. Um, <clears throat> I don't believe this is true, but a lot of United fans will want me to say that, and that's David De Gea, who was close for being the second keeper behind Ramsdale, though I do think Ramsdale's clear, because... It's a weird one with De Gea. It's almost like a paradox where he has saved us a lot of times this season, but he's also cost us as well, if you get what I mean, where he's cost us. I, I, I put someone out the other week saying he creates as many problems for us as he solves. And I think that he's, he's you know, he does make some brilliant saves, but also in the same game, he just does some stuff, which is horrendous. Like the reason Maguire missed uh, the Wolves game is because the ball was rolling back to De Gea and he didn't come out. So Maguire had to get his body across because he thought De Gea was coming. And Chris Wood shoved him on the floor and his elbow fell into his ribs. And De Gea's just stood there. And then we missed Maguire and we have to play Phil Jones for the first time in two years. So unfortunately, there's no stat 
for players injured by you not doing your fucking job. But if there was, the hair uh, would be high up there. So that's why he doesn't make it for me. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. Did you watch the Wolves game? I hope you enjoyed the bit where he told Shaw not to come back and get the ball, and then kicked it out of play with his left foot. That was my favourite bit. He's done all season, uh, but no. Honourable mention for De Gea, but uh, maybe he should learn how to leave his six-yard box and he might get into my team of the season. Right, so yeah. I did... I didn't, cool. know, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know how many um, we. I didn't know how many we was gonna do. I, I did three. Jim said one of mine, which was Jota. But my other two, one Max Corney of Burnley, six goals in nine starts for the Clarets. Very versatile player. Could be the difference yeah. to keep him up. He's only played eleven times this season. Started nine, scored six. I think for them <laughs> that, and he's not a striker either. He's a wide player. I think that's a good good record and. I just think he was an honourable mention. And then Manu signed a new contract yesterday. The Benjamin Button of football, according to Thomas Tuchel, Thiago Silva. I think ever since he's walked in the door, he's been one of the best defenders in the league. And he's earned himself a new contract halfway through this season. And yeah, I just think he deserved an honourable mention because behind Rudiger, he is definitely our best, uh, second best defender. 100%. Yeah. I don't I don't think there are many honourable mentions because like Jim says, I think seven, eight, maybe even nine of that 11 names itself. And we've proven that by there only being Rodri and Bowen that, you know, one, one the, the other two didn't pick. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't really know. I don't really know why that is, but um, that is how it is. So I think well, it picks itself, like you said. On there. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's because they've been so far away or or what. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure. I can't wrap my head around whether they're, so clear because they've been so good or there's just a lack of maybe it's injuries maybe it's the issues with COVID that there's been so many games postponed people can't get a run of form so we haven't noticed them and the players that we have noticed have been so good for the last few months that we can't that, we, that we're still picking them I don't know it's a bit bit weird that there's so many so obvious you know in January yeah. I, I, yeah. Had, I had two of the ones that were a bit out there <clears throat> one being Smith bro for Arsenal I think yeah. come on leaps and bounds yeah. as well I think Saka's Saka playing really well at the minute, but I was going to say I think Saka better than him this year. I, I think Saka's been maybe last six, seven weeks, but Smith Rowe over the season maybe a bit better. And I think um, the has been really good for Everton, but I think he's kept him out. I've been impressed with him. Um, but yeah, completely agree there. With... <laughs> Knock on. There with, uh, Knock on. <laughs> with, with, with how the league's gone, and yeah, that's our team of the season. Let us know. What you think your team this season is? Oh, who have we who have we snubbed? There must be someone we've snubbed, guys, on your yeah. favourite team. Must be. Always is a snub. We love a good snub on this podcast. Yeah, and we'll go we'll go right into the next talking point, which is a lot of people after this weekend's events, especially with um City surviving multiple scares at Arsenal winning 2-1 and then being the winners in the in the next game against Liverpool and Chelsea um, with a two-all draw from one of the best first half football you'll find all throughout the season. Uh, just cross the, the simple question, is the title race over? Um, there's 10 points gap at the minute. Liverpool have got a game in hand but City are relentless. No, I, I personally don't think it's over. I think it's very premature for people to say the title race is over in January, given that this league is what it is and it's by far the, the best league in the world and anyone can beat anyone. Let's be real. If Arsenal weren't absolute, well, insert word here, idiots, shall we say, for the PG audience, um, then they would have beat Man City and they played really well, Arsenal. And that shortens the gap in and of itself. Obviously, 
with them losing. But I, I think it's daft to say that it's over in January. The league's never won in January, especially in this league, which is by far the best league. And I don't know if that's just wishful thinking from me, Stan. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, no, I, I think the league's over, to be honest. Um, Betfred have paid out on it as well. But I just have think it? City being... Yeah, I, I think City being um, just 10 points clear. I mean, I remember last season United last were season. top middle of January and then City just I think we had a few injuries and, and City just absolutely put like was it 21 wins together or summer and Liverpool have lost Salah uh, they're going to lose Mane uh, I know Cater's going but you know they have he's not been that great for them but it's another body they're going to lose from them in field Chelsea are going to be losing Mendy they're going to have to have Kepa for however long um, so I, I just think the, the massive misses for the other two were as City lose Mares and they can put in Jack Grealish, who's been on the bench for three of the last four games. Sterling, who's turned his season around so far. Jim's already mentioned they could push Bernardo Silva onto the right wing. Foden was out at the weekend and he, they're just so far and away. Like I said last season that City could play two 11s in the league and they did finish in the top four, both of them. Um, that that's how good the squad depth is. So I think with ten games, uh, not ten games, ten points uh, gap with oh, you know less than half of the season left. Despite that, only just being half of the season, I think City, you've got to, they've got to lose. Even if Liverpool win, they'll, they'll be well seven points behind. That's, that's like a three-game switch around where Liverpool have got to win three and, and City have got to lose three, and they just they don't lose. They very rarely they, they just don't lose. So. I can understand why Betfred have paid out and, and as a neutral. And I understand Cut why you're saying you don't think it's over because what's the fucking point if you do think it's over? But as somebody who sat in seventh or wherever the fuck we are looking up, uh, it's pretty it's pretty obvious to me that it is over because, like I say, I was there last season where it got to February and I was hoping that the City would stop winning and we get our, our players back or whatever and get some form and it just didn't happen. And by that time, City were however many points away. It'll happen again, so... It's over. Yeah. Sorry, Cook. And well, another another thing as well, just to talk <coughs> before we go and see what Jim, well, he, what he thinks. But I think as well, what's not helped Chelsea. I don't know about Liverpool, but the fact that we've had no games called off in this entire period, that it's it's not decided the league because I still think City are the best team in the country by by a country mile. But I just think it's almost spoiled it a bit more. Because there's been times this season where Chelsea should have definitely had games off. But the fact that we're in every single competition and a World Club Cup doesn't help us for times to get stuff rearranged and stuff. And the fact that the league's not been clear about these COVID protocols, I think it has fucked us over to a point. I'm not saying we would have won the league, but it would have been it would be a lot closer than what it is now, in my opinion. Mm. It's, it's yeah, definitely- I, get, I get that. But I think I, last season when City won the league, City had no games called off and we had to go away at Chelsea with eight stars we missing we played Zach Stephanie now and a few academy lads and we still ended up winning 3-0 I, I, I honestly just think the difference is I, I, I don't even think City have got a bigger squad than Liverpool and Chelsea in fact it's just the fact they haven't they've got a, they've got one of the smallest squads in the top six it's just I the think quality they've got a better squad though yeah it's, yeah. The, it's, the, it's the quality it's when they make a sub out or make a change for another game there's not much. There's not much drop off. Um, Chelsea post Lukaku injury, although on a paper, then attackers are, are really good players and they definitely should, should have performed better during that time. They just didn't. But City's do. They, they plug in and play, and they're amazing. And you look at Liverpool when the midfield is out when they don't have Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, which is a really good midfield. But even when just one of them drops out, 
there's a massive drop off. But City can take De Bruyne out of a team and still be by far the best team in the league. Um, I think that, and, I, and I just think I would never say it's over because, like, come on, who, 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 you've got to be the cockiest fan ever to think it's over in January and put your own team ahead. But say I would it. never have imagined City to be in this position. <laughs> um, because City also had really hard fixtures. Obviously, we all play the same team. But in terms of who you play away from home, the games away from home City have left, only two of them in the top 10 in the league. And it's Wolves and West Ham. We've been away at every big, uh, every other club, and we've 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 done well there, other than Spurs. So I just think with Salah going as well, I think I think I think City would do well to lose it from it, or a team would do well to ten more points now to the end. But <clears throat> I couldn't have imagined City in a better position than that, and this just surprised me year on year how relentless they are. Yeah, I think. Um... I think that's the problem. City just don't lose, and they especially don't lose at home. And even if, like, that swing, it's just too big. I mean, in a normal season, if Liverpool were keeping hold of Salah and Chelsea were keeping hold of Mendy and not putting Kepper in net, who we know can be a liability and lose games on his own, um, it would be too much. Because even, even if you hope for three injuries for City, you know, they could have Diaz, uh, Gundogan and, and Jesus out of the team and they'll just put John Stones... Uh, you know Fernandinho in for a few games and Raheem Sterling or Jack Grealish up front so well allegedly <laughs> well not allegedly actually fuck him um, but yeah that's the problem City that was the problem Stan <laughs> City can have um, <laughs> City can have three or, four, three or four injuries to the starting 11 like you could take three or four out the starting 11 that just beat Arsenal and you could replace them with three or four players of the same level and you wouldn't see that much of a drop off if anything at all so that's a problem for the rest of the league uh, and yeah they're just not going to fuck up 10 points it's just not going to happen it just, just won't happen yeah. Ted Lasso says believe and I believe <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, just one um, we'll, go, we'll go to a little break after this little talking point but another big event of the weekend was um, was it even of this weekend Cook it was uh, three weeks ago when Lukaku decided to do an interview with Sky Italia where I don't know if he has advisors but I mean they need to sack in if he does have them um, I'll advise him it, it was one of the stupidest interviews that I've ever seen I couldn't believe the photo I was reading I mean nothing Lukaku said benefited anyone didn't benefit himself or any fans. It, it seems like he's burnt a bridge of Inter. Um, you can go and look at the quotes yourself. There's, there's, plenty, there's literally so many of them to choose from. I won't even reel them off with you, are they? But it looks like he's trying to, I don't know, win the Inter fans back. But by throwing Chelsea fans who have just bought him for 115 million euros and paying him 300 grand a week and just completely like disrespects them at a time when Chelsea, let's face it, are struggling and Lukaku himself is struggling too. So, and it's resulted in him being left out of the squad in a massive game against Liverpool. And Cook, I'm going to ask you, was Tuchel right? Did he make the right decision to leave him out of the squad? 100%. I, I, in my opinion, he would have looked weak if he was in the squad because the, a player's just gave an unsanctioned interview regarding, well, it was about mm. how unhappy he was, how he doesn't suit the system and how much he, uh, if Inter had offered him a contract, they'd be doing... Uh, the interview in Milan instead of London. But Romelu, you are as fortunate to be in this position because you weren't our first target. Erling Haaland was our first target and we went hard for him. But 
the deal was going to be far too expensive for because his buyout clause only comes down in the summer. We was kind of the team, the only team that really had money at that point, especially with selling. But yeah, he wasn't our first choice. We got him in. He's not really suited the system so far. But I just don't know where all this has come from. Like, why leave into them? Why why join if you if you if you love into so much? Um, I don't yeah. get it. But when he signed for Chelsea as well, he was like, I'm back home. I'm back with the club I supported as a kid, which he, he did, to be fair. But like, why say all that to then backtrack and say, I want to go back to Inter one day, not when I'm finished, uh, but when I'm playing well. Romelu, if you yeah. want, you can go in the summer. You are very <laughs> replaceable, just as everyone else is at the football club. Chelsea can afford to make a £100 million mistake, so can United, so can City. You lose a lot of trust in him, don't you? And what... what- yeah. What? 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 Could, could he do anything now? So, wait. Say if he was to come out and apologise to Chelsea fans, like what? Don't, don't want it. Do you talking on the pitch? Just focus. It, score goals. Do what we bought you to do. And then at the end of the season, we'll of, revisit it. Yeah. Is, it, is there a case of maybe he just needs to just get the group together and say, "Well, listen, I don't know why I did that." Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then just well, start scoring well, from on the pitch yeah. again, and then you forget yeah. about it because fans do quickly forget. No, they do. Like they, they say, like there's no one more fickle than football fans, and it's probably true. But the thing, the thing is, he all he needs, all he needs to do now is just shut up, right? Apologize to your teammates. I, as a fan, I don't want an apology. What's done is done. Like you've spoke the truth. I can't I make you apologize for telling the truth. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. That like you know, that's what I mean. You can't do anything. But he needs to apologize to the players. Tuchel actually spoke to senior players. He spoke to Aspi, Jorginho, and I think it's Rudiger. And said, "Would you object? Uh, would you object to him being out of the squad?" And they said, "Not at all. I think it's better for the group because of so how close we are to Liverpool to this game." And they all agreed with him. So no one in the dressing room turned the back on Tuchel. But yeah, for me, Romelu, if you, if you're really that unhappy, go at the end of the season. Like I said, we can afford to make a hundred million pound mistake. And but if if it's if it's redemption you want, then. Do you talking on the pitch? Like I said, an apology isn't going to happen because don't apologise for telling the truth. I would never make anyone do that. So do you talking on the pitch? And if you do that, football fans will forget. If you play well, score goals, win us games, then people forget very fast. Yeah, and Stan, if, if he was to get bought in the summer, <clears throat> I, I, I do think with what his actions in, the, in this past week or past three weeks, should I say, has probably made his price go down because you don't trust him now. And as a someone who seen him at United, um, I know how you feel about him. And you're not really sad to see even a player of his talents go, are you? Because the kind of character he is. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know any United fan that was that bothered when he left. To be honest, because he made it very clear that he wasn't ever going to fight to try and stay or, or change his game or become the striker that Solskjaer wanted him to be or anything. He kind of made his decision when Mourinho had gone that he wanted to to go and play in Serie A, and he's flirting with him again, so it doesn't really benefit anyone. Um, yeah, very odd. I mean, interesting as well. I mean, the, the CEO came out and said they've replaced, they've sold Lukaku for 100 mil and replaced him with Jekyll for free and that there's not much difference on the pitch. So it doesn't sound like they're that, you know, enamoured by him either. And, and there's skint, so I don't know where he's expecting to go. And if I'm Chelsea, you know, I'm getting rid of him in the summer either way, even if you, you you know, take a massive loss. And I'm going in for Haaland and, and somebody like Dusan Vlahovic and somebody who wants to be there. Okay, welcome back, listeners. Obviously, New Year, new Newcastle this year. 
We thought they'd do a financial takeover on January the 1st and just start teeing off who he was going to sign, Jim. But a player who Fabrizio Romano has linked them to with very heavily, Kieran Trippier, for around 30 million quid. One, Jim, do you think it's a good decision for Trippier to make this move? And two, do you think this is a good move for Newcastle? Um, first one is a very good question, actually. Um, cause he's Thank you. <laughs> letting Madrid Thank in. you. <laughs> Simeone has already said he wants to keep him. So I will go with no, um, because he's moving down a big level. Um, he's coming back to the Prem, sure, but I think playing at Leighton Madrid in the Champions League every year is the highest standard. I don't think he'll reach that at Newcastle. But for Newcastle, I think it's, yeah, a great signing. Um, maybe not a position. If he was rebuilding the entire squad, you would go with first. But when you look at the Newcastle team and you look at they've got Yavi Mankiw and Emil Crapper right back, hey. it's an obvious weakness. And Trippier is, has bags of experience. Um, it's a good defender. He's learned that. He's proven that for England. He's probably learned a lot of that trade with Simeone in the past few years. He's really good going forward. He's proven that again for England in his previous time in the Premier League under Spurs. His set pieces are deadly, um, which can be so big for a team fighting relegation. Um, I, I think he's a bit of a probably a bit of a leader in that dressing room too. Like already coming in and. Yeah, no complaints for the price tag, 30 million. I think really good signing, really good. He's quite versatile as well. Yeah, we've seen him play left back if he needs to. Um, Wing back. And yeah, it, it's annoying because when, when when you get taken over as a City fan, we, we had some banter signings and that's what I'm kind of expecting this January. And this doesn't seem like one. This actually seems like a clever piece of business. <laughs> Which, it's not the Santa real Cruz. clubs must go by. Remember those uh, ones, Jim? Santa Cruz. That wasn't actually oil money. That was just stupid money. That was quite <laughs> illegal money. <laughs> sparky money. That's what that is. Sparky money. <laughs> but but yeah, no, really good signing. And fun fact is when I did FM and I first started as Newcastle, see how much money you get. Trippy was one of my signings. And you get 200 million. So anyone who's got FM, that is fun. Until you get in financial fair play trouble. <laughs> Stan, obviously... Jim said it's probably not the first position that Newcastle will probably want to address. But let's let's be real. The only people who are probably going to guarantee stay in this new era are Wilson, ASM, maybe Dubravka. I'd probably say them three. No one else is guaranteed, in my opinion. So after Trippier, if it gets over the line, Stan, realistically, who should they go after? And if you can't think of someone, give us a position. Um, well, I think I think they'd be daft not to go for Wijnaldum, who's already been there before, and it's not working out for him at PSG. Uh, and United have got Lingard and Van der Beek as well. So in, in that middle of the pitch, if they got two out of those three, then you know they could they could really start to try and control some games, or you know at least have a better chance of controlling them. And then you've got the mercurial talent of, of Sam Maximan and, and Wilson scores goal for what, whatever team he plays for. And if you add Trippier to that with set pieces, you know, you're starting to build quite a solid side there. So, yeah, I'd be looking at the likes of Lingard, Wijnaldum, Trippier, players that are maybe in the late 20s are experienced and have all played Premier League football, but still, you know, feel like they've got something to give because you're not going to get, you know, the top 20, 21, 22 year olds going to Newcastle because they're just not there yet. They might be in five years, uh, but they're just not going to be. So, yeah, I think the smart signings, uh, if, if you can get any of them, Trippier, a good place to start. Uh, Fergie's first signing for United was a, was a fullback, Viv Anderson. Chelsea's 
First signing under Abramovich was Glenn Johnson. Uh, and City's second signing under Mansour was Wayne Bridge. So they, they seem to like a full-back when you start off. So mm. the Saudis could be carrying Trippiers as well. And if they go as well as any of those regimes have, then there, there'll be a few trophies for the uh, for the Toonami in the next de- few decades. So, yeah, yeah. Kieran should be then, great. I'd have him at United tomorrow. So uh, that kind of says a lot. You know, Yoros, he played most games for England. Gareth Southgate loves him. Um Loves a bet, so I'm sure he'll get on up there as well. 24-hour Greg's and a and a, a bet three six five account. It'll be it'll be all right, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe Trippier's had a bet on him being the first signing. So I'll have to read yeah. my earlier answer. Yeah. If not a good signing for Trippier because he might he mm. might have made a lot of money on it. Or his brother might have allegedly. Well, if, if if he's won his brother a lot of money, I think the least he can do is take him around the 24-hour Greg's and get him a couple of festive baits whilst they're still on. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Or a pepperoni slice, though. I am partial to one or, of them. Or all of them? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, hey, you whatever you want. It's your fantasy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, but last last thing on Whippier, Jim. Obviously, in our lifetime, I mean, stands as well, but it's not quite the same because the Glazers are cunts. But we have all been taken over in our lifetime. However, for me and you, it was very much a, a big jump than Stan. It was more of a kind of a nudge up because United have always been there or thereabouts pre-Glazer under Fergie. But yeah. my question to you, Jim, is, what should Newcastle not do in this transfer window? What, what, um, is, the, what is the big mistake they could make? Um, that's more, that's probably Coutinho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know what? That is kind of part of my answer. To be fair. Um, it is literally signing a player that is too old who will demand a lot of money. And you, you, you don't want to ruin your wage structure. Um, a big club like that. I think you've got to be sensible and... There might be opportunities. I'm sure plenty of agents will be knocking on Newcastle's doors this month and out in the players like Newsman Dembele, Coutinho is a great example, actually, um, of players that have passed it. Maybe won't even improve the team that much. Yeah, the star players, but and probably aren't that bothered about improving them. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they will, and they, they'll also listen. They'll come in and be on what four times as much as say Max Manzon or something. And who, who does that benefit other than? that player who's going to have a stint back in the Premier League and get a lot of money. Um, so, yeah, I would say breaking the wage structure and all paying for somebody who Newcastle might have been linked with now and think, oh, fucking hell, we have to sign. I wouldn't, like, we've literally not, not had this player since we was good in the late 90s, so we have to go and get him now. But just like, um, Trippy is a smart signing. Keep making plenty of smart signings and you'll you'll soon shoot up. Yeah, very streetwise signing from Newcastle, that. And lastly, Jim, it just sounds like the way you said that, a man speaking from experience, maybe a, a St. Etienne save that I can think of off the top yeah. of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yaya Torre is in my mind that um, did do quite well with St. Etienne for a little bit. Well, I say quite well, we finished my move four. And Yaya Torre came available on a free agent and I just couldn't help myself and ended up leaving the club a few months later because it just fucked me entire thing up. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that will happen See, yeah, yeah, sorry, so he is in the country so you, who knows heed this one in Newcastle don't get Yaya Torre on a free no don't <laughs> he's past it he can't run before lads when we doing our team of the season we um, kind of previewed this one give a little sneaky preview of um, Emmanuel Dennis who's doing very well at Watford, and you can see why he wouldn't want him to go to Afcon. But I mean, um, stand the threats that a club is making to its own player long term to not go to the African Cup of Nations, which I imagine is something that 
Emmanuel Dennis wants to do. It's what his country wants him to do, and it's going to be a big, big honour for him. It's something on his CV that he can look back on. But he's being threatened not to go. Um, yeah, I don't even know what the question is. I guess where, where do we start with this? This is not a good move, is it? Well, no, no, it's not. Um, obviously, he's Nigerian, which I just want to point out to uh, Talksport, who said the Cameroonians will be upset that he's not gone. Uh, he is Cameroon Nigerian. Is Racist. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Nigerian manager uh, has come out and said, Watford said no. Dennis also told me the club has, has done everything humanly possible for him not to be at AFCON. I reported them to the authorities, but the player said that the club were threatening him. So there's no details on what the threats were, and he did actually start the game after these uh, these quotes came out. But Watford haven't released anything about Emmanuel Dennis not going. Uh, he was taken off at half-time. We know that Ismail Assar's not going, but they have said that that was an injury-related thing, which does make sense, whereas Emmanuel Dennis clearly isn't injured. He's just not being allowed to go um which 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 it just doesn't make sense if if you're being called up um for you know i suppose the issue is it's in the middle of the european club season but if you're a european club signing a top african player then you run the risk that they're going to end up going you know you can be slightly annoyed about it you can try and keep them as late as they can like chelsea did with mendy and liverpool did with Mane and Salah and, and City did with Mares. I understand that, but eventually you're going to have to let them go because it would never happen. But, you know, say say if it was a Euros and it, for some reason it was in the middle of the season. Well, no, actually, it has fucking happened. Say the World Cup next season in the middle of the season. The Premier League clubs would... There's just not a chance that they say, nah, it's not happening. We're playing Premier League games. None of our, none of our international players are going because uh, they're playing in this. It just would never happen. So I do feel for them, but, you know, the clubs are going to deem that, you know, we pay your contract and we need you. You know, we've already spoken about how important Dennis is. Uh, and I'm sure he won't be the only one out of those African players that, you know, have maybe got made up injuries by the clubs or whatever for reasons that they aren't going. So yeah, it's and a weird one. I was not aware that clubs could do. I know he's. I don't know what the rules are, but I, I'm of the thinking that they can't control a player going to a competitive tournament for the country. I mean, you kind of touched on it there. This would never happen in like a Euros or a World Cup. And already, Cook this week we've had Samuel Eto'o and Ian Wright who have been a bit out. I've been outspoken in the situation and say the Afcon is he's just massively disrespected and. This is another instance of that. I mean, we would never have this for the World Cup, would we, if this was swapping next month? No, no, it, next it, year, it, sorry. Just, it just wouldn't happen. It, I mean, it, it's ultimately the, the same thing, apart from there's a lot more players. Uh, but it, it's it's like the Premier League going, nah, nah, we pay your wages. You're not going to that mid-season international tournament, which is effectively what it is. And it would just never happen because it's just, it's, well, even if it was the Euros and not a World Cup, it, they, they wouldn't keep European players here. It just would never happen. So, um, and, and you know, like I say, Watford haven't even spoke about it, which is disrespectful in itself. They've not even answered to these um, quotes of, of Nigeria's national manager that they've threatened him. They've, they've not said, yeah, it happened. They've not said, no, it hasn't. You, you know, you're chatting wet. So, you know, silence is deafening in that case for me, the fact that they've not come out and said anything. So it's just, it's just not a nice situation. Like you said, I think if you're somebody like Dennis and, and he did get taken off at halftime, I'm not sure if that's related or it's affected him or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I, if he, especially if he keeps up this form, there'll be a few clubs higher up and if Watford go down, they'll want him and there's no way he stays after this as well. So Yeah, well, I was going to ask you then, Cook, um, I can see, you can't see why they're doing it because it's just, well, we completely disagree with it, but 
Watford are a team who might fear going down and there's a lot of money in staying up in the Premier League and Dennis is so important to them so they would hate to lose him but like, like Sam's already mentioned I mean that this was it's not like it's just sprung upon them we've just sprung an upon them it's always mm-hmm. happening um, long term for Dennis now though like he's surely not going to be happy with Watford and even to the point where this season he could his performances could massively drop because morale is just at an all time low after not being able to go to play for his country yeah no it <clears throat> That that could easily happen. I mean, I get Watford want to keep the best players at the football club, but like Stan's already alluded to, you run that risk when you buy someone from that continent. You just know that in the back of the mind, every two years, this is going to come around and you will lose them for, is it four or five games? Whatever it is. But like what Watford's next games, they've got Newcastle away, Norwich at home, West Ham away, Brighton at home, and then Villa away. They're all games where... They could get something. They they could get something. And I get Watford's point in they want to keep him, but it's so immoral to stop him from going representing his country at this tournament. And we've got a mid-season tournament next year. Sorry, this year, lest we forget. So let's, I mean, I presume there'll be no leagues playing while that's on, but let's see if it happens. You won't be able to go to play in the World Cup. But Afghan don't help themselves though, like, I, I don't is it something to do with the African season like I just don't yeah. know is it because yeah, the African it, it, season runs somewhere to somewhere and then that's why it's I'd, I'd, assume, I'd assume that yeah the Africans I don't know this but you'd assume that the African season has finished and this is the version of like a, a, a pre-season or a mid you know off-season tournament should I say so like our Euros like South America's Copper etc uh, etc et and but I, the <laughs> The fact is, we've got to respect that that's when their season is. And you've also got to respect when you're signing top African players that they play the African Cup of Nations every two or three years. So when it rolls around, no matter if you're Liverpool trying to win the title with Salah, who's your best player, or Watford trying to stop getting relegated with Dennis, who's your best player, you've got to let them go. It is how it is. How it, is. It, it just... It's 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 ridiculous to be honest, but like I say, it won't just be Dennis. Uh, Senegal have asked about Sar. Watford have answered that one and said he's injured, and I'm sure there's there's other African Allegedly. players. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's other African players that, that have that just haven't been allowed to go, or, or you know they've exaggerated an injury or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. to, to, to not let them go. Weather as well, by the way. It's a completely a complete guess, but the the reason that the World Cup is in. December, November, whenever it is, it's because yeah. of how, how hot it would be. It would be yeah, it's summer. weather, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that would happen in a lot of African countries as well, but yeah. they, they might did, be hosted. They but did to put try it on the, it in the summer, them. didn't they? They did try it in the summer. I remember the other year it was in the summer and Algeria won it, didn't they? So I don't know why that got sacked off or whether they moved COVID maybe. for it. But they've, it could be COVID-related, I'm not sure. I can't remember if that was COVID times or not, to be honest. Because time doesn't really mean anything anymore. But um, well, two years ago, think about it. They did. They definitely did move it to summer at one point. Because remember, there was quite a lot of talk that they wouldn't be missing any of the league season. And then I think Algeria did end up winning it. And uh, yeah, uh, I think I remember Salah scoring quite a late penalty for Egypt that was dead important and stuff like that. So um, I can't remember. I don't know why it's been moved back, but the fact is, it is. So. Uh, if, yeah. if if they decided one day that the Euros got moved back to February for whatever reason, like the World Cup is in, in November, December, they would all be let go. They wouldn't, yeah. it just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't even cross the club's mind to keep them there. It's kind I of how we've seen when a team goes, uh, when you, the two teams in the final of like an international tournament, 
the the players from them clubs are not usually back for the first game of the season. Um, no, can't see that happen true. this year with a lot of English players. They weren't ready, um, and I imagine that will happen if England were to get to the World Cup final um, next season. You, you, they wouldn't be ready. They wouldn't be back in time for the fixtures, and it's not like we just pull them back out of the holidays and play them because it's like first players in a World Cup. It's yeah, yeah, yeah it's mad, and it doesn't. It might benefit Watford for four or five games, but in the long run, it's not a good move. No, they could lose all those. Sorry. It all um, it all boils down to money, though. They'd argue they pay the contract. They'd argue, like you've already said, Jim, if they get relegated, they lose so much money. And we all know the reasons why Qatar have got that World Cup and why it had to be shoved at November because it's too warm for them to have a Summer World Cup. So it all, it all boils down to money and salaries and backhanders and everything. So it is how it is. That, that's just it's how football is, unfortunately. Yeah. That, that's how it is. Yeah, and the last big fear, the big fear that could be that it ends up like you said, Stan, where clubs just say, no, we're not, we're not going to let you go to Afghan. Why would we? Well, yeah, the tournament dies, and then the tournament dies. It happens a lot in, um, in like lower league, like maybe like League One Championship, that you get some players who play for obscure countries who might have to go and play qualifiers, like, like Pan American Early. qualifiers yeah. and stuff. Like, didn't Brent Burns and Diaz miss some time at Black, Blackburn? Chile, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's stuff like but it is yeah, it's you're obviously like, oh shit, we're gonna miss this player this game, whatever, but you have that player that isn't international, like it's good enough. Yeah. There aren't you look at the teams that Watford are again um are coming up against in the relegation fight, you burn this, you Norwiches. They don't have African internationals, so their team isn't as good. I'll, so it, it works both ways. I think there's two things to come off this as well. I think it'll annoy other teams like Liverpool who need Salah who have let them go as to why Watford just aren't letting their guy go. Next time they might say, well, Salah's not going. And also, you're you're making a rod for your own back because African players might be looking at Watford going, well, I'm not going there with how they've treated two of Africa's best players in the Premier League. In, and in they sign a lot of players from there. So they, they, they do. They, they they, historically, Watford, Watford have had African players in, in their squads whenever they've been in the top division. So they could be making a rod for their own back. So I think Watford need to be careful as well as uh, as well as the African countries and, and you know Afghan. So it's not good for either either party. I think doing things like this, I think they just need to let let teams get on with it and let the national teams get on with it. Because at the end of the day, the players want to play for the national teams. You know what I'm saying? You gotta let that feeling feel good. I ain't gonna keep playing with y'all. Man, let me hear it, man. Not like I was before that. Man, come on. <laughs> So as we wind down, episode 126, it's the shittiest time of the podcast, the part where I have to tell you where you can find us when we're not making podcasts. So using the handle at cookiepodcast1, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to look at us on YouTube, we're on there in clip form to search in. That's the way the cookie crumbles. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, just the same. That's the way the cookie crumbles. You can now give five-star reviews on Spotify as well. That's a feature that's been added in the past few days. So it'd be greatly appreciated if that's where you listen to the podcast give us a five-star review if it's on apple podcast give us a five-star on there and if you don't have any of the above go straight to our host platform anchor fm and you can get the pod directly to your device so it's been episode 126 of the podcast and that's the way the cookie crumbles Ugh.